listeners, and welcome to Perth. I'm here with Alex Lowe, the rugby correspondent for The Times. I'm Will Kelleher, deputy rugby correspondent from The Times. And the last time you heard me, I was on the way to Perth, and I made it. I'm with Alex. How's it going, Alex? No, we're good, thank you. We've just come back from the Bowls Club, where um, England are hosting their all their media sessions. They, they've just named their team for the first test, and, and you and I were a little bit stiff because we went on a... We went and did a spin class this morning, and uh, they pushed us pretty hard, didn't they? I was inspired by the instructor Shano, who kept telling us to stay successful. So we're going we're gonna to try and do that with the Times and the Sunday Times yeah, and the Ruck. We had to stay successful and believe in ourselves. And then after we discovered that he'd been a, an international dancer for 17 years <laughs> and appeared on on uh, US TV in dance in uh, Dancing with the Stars or something like that, and. Uh, yeah, we were, so you think you can dance? That's so you think you can dance? Yeah, yeah, which you could sort of tell as he, as he uh, danced up and down on his bike, and we sort of plodded away. When he said you should be feeling like you're going through mud at the moment, we were like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it feels like. Um, but then yeah, came back from there, went went out to. Well, we, we got on a Zoom because the Wallabies kind of weirdly have only are only just arriving into Perth this evening. They've been at their training camp in in Queensland all week, uh, which has sort of led to quite a low-key feel to the build-up to this game. I'm, I don't think there's been a, as low a key build-up to an England test that I can remember. Um, it's like if You can walk around Perth and there's a few flags up, but you kind of wouldn't know it's happening. And a lot of the people we were talking to um, have said, oh, is there, is there a rugby game on? Oh, I might, I might go. Mm. Um, and they're, they're suddenly desperately advertising tickets. It, it's felt quite low-key so far. Um, it, it's it's ramping up a bit. The Wallabies picked their team, and, and we had a chat with with Dave Rennie by Zoom because they haven't flown over here yet. Um, and then yeah, we've just been down to see Eddie Jones and and Johnny Hill and uh, and a couple of the other players to just talk through what's a pretty interesting England team. Yeah, before we get onto the the two teams, um, we had to actually leg it back to our hotel down the street because there was a retirement do <laughs> happening at the bowls club where England announced their team so I was you guys earlier in the week when I wasn't, wasn't here had a few legs of bowling didn't you so I've missed out I might have to go back another yeah. day ends I think they're called uh, ends, ends. Sorry. yeah sorry. No, we, got, we got a bit of training from some of the from Stan the local bowls hero uh, it was great fun actually it was really good is he the same Stan that is Stan Sport who broadcast in the series I think, don't, don't think so <laughs> no. I don't think like so like Dave on RTV at home he, um, <laughs> no he showed us the ropes unfortunately Unfortunately, I, I lost to Rob Kitson of The Guardian and Chris Foy of The Daily Mail. But we're going to we'll arrange a rematch for, for Brisbane next week. Stay successful, Alex. Come yeah, on. no, I'm going to keep believing myself. That's believing what Shane yourself. told me. Yeah, Shane Shane-o. O. Shane-o. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you want to hear about the teams. You might have read it on the website, but um, they have both been announced. And let's start with England. And I think, Alex, you're pitching this as the comebacks and the kids because we've got Danny Kerr and Billy Vanapola both starting at number eight and um, scrum half not the wrong way around and then we've, Owen Farrell is not the captain but he is playing Courtney Laws has been selected as skipper and then on the bench there are three uncapped players Jack Van Portfleet Guy Porter both from Leicester and then with an asterisk to his name the first ever apprentice to be selected in match day 23 we think is Henry Arundel yeah what are your initial thoughts on England's team to start with well I I really like it. So we should say that, that Johnny May would have played, but he's still actually in in isolation. I think he, he wasn't he was affected by COVID, and it's obviously taken him some time to get get negative and get through it. Um, so he was unavailable, and Charlie Yules is, is flying home um, with a knee injury, so he wasn't available. 
I really like this team. Um, it also feels to me that that as I, I just stuck stuck it on uh, on Twitter, but it occurred to me that if, if Eddie Jones had, had cast his selection out to the public for, to a public vote, like like Shano had to go through on his uh, on his dancing uh, TV reality show, it, I reckon the vote would have come back pretty close to the, the score that he selected. Um, because so many people out there, so many of our readers and listeners would have wanted to pick Danny Care for so long. Um, Billy Vunapola, you know, he was in such monstrous form for Saracens by the end of uh, of the season that, that, as I wrote the other week, that even if Alex Dombrant had been available, I think Billy would, had, had earned himself a spot on the plane and, and starting number eight because they need they need that ball carrying um, force that, that he brings, especially without without Manu um, and of course everyone loves the exciting new kids um, I know Eddie Jones is a big fan of Jack Van Portfleet who, who is a you know, uncapped he didn't even make the, the Leicester squad for the Premiership final um, but Eddie's got designs on him being part of the World Cup squad uh, and everyone's excited about Henry Arundel we've seen what he can do in a London Irish jersey in, in Europe and, and in the Premiership he's very very raw and as you say he's, he's still an apprentice um, but I like the balance of this team. Johnny Hill is back as well, uh, who, who missed the Six Nations. Mako is back on the on the bench. Luke Cohen Dickey is back. He he missed time in the Six Nations. It's it's a much more balanced team, a much stronger team, and and we will really injuries. Uh, assuming no one gets injured, we'll see what Eddie Jones and, and the England coaches have in have planned for the Smith Farrell playmaking partnership um i think that's that is a fascinating combination and i think i really do think it can work um and i know that people get frustrated the idea that farrell isn't an andre esterhazen um he'll have to defend like him because karevi is going to be coming straight at him um but england as we did see flashes against against australia and the way that england have tried to use henry slade with with marcus smith in and trying to create Marcus with a little bit more space, slightly wider, often as second receiver. Um, I mean, Eddie Jones has said, captain or not, that Owen Farrell is England's most important player, and I, I absolutely understand why, and I'm sure we'll, we'll go on to talk about about the, the captaincy, because you saw Courtney um, a few weeks ago uh, t- towards the end of the season and got a very strong vibe that he was he was going to lead this, this team. And, and, and we know that, that Eddie... Eddie likes the way that he, his sort of softer touch, the way that he brings t- the team together. And, and Farrell is obviously a much more abrasive character, competitive character, which you want in your team. But he's spent a long time working on his captaincy and, and it feels like there's been a shift now. I, I think it's the right decision, personally. I think ripping the plaster off, making that big call. And you can kind of see why Eddie has delayed it for this long. Yeah. He didn't want to tell us. I think we believe he decided this a while ago certainly before they flew out to Australia but didn't want to announce it at the team annou- at the squad announcement a couple of Mondays ago um, and has left it to today because he probably didn't want it to dominate all the column inches for the for a couple of weeks but personally I think it's a, it's the right decision I feel like Courtney Laws fits the new attitude of the team a bit better and him and Ellis Genge have as you were saying those soft skills and that empathy and they're capable of getting the best out of these different characters in the squad. I mean, Eddie wrote himself in his book that he felt the Saracens' core became a little bit toxic and there was a bit of issue around that. And 
actually he's ended up recalling most of them and only Elliot Daly who's is not here of that yeah. core lot but the other analogy we could make too is that Eddie I'm sure will want is a cricketing analogy which Eddie loves of stripping the captaincy off a, a gun batsman like Joe Root or Alistair Cook in the past has freed them up and allowed them to score runs and that's kind of what he was talking about when we saw him earlier was he feels like Owen losing the captaincy will get the best out of him on the field and actually we've long thought that Farrell's a captain anyway he's kind of a leader mm. anyway he doesn't need the extra responsibilities of all the stuff that he doesn't enjoy that comes with the captaincy whether that's talking to us or whether that's being the face of the team publicly or even the stuff about dealing with the referees which is clearly not his forte and other elements of actually playing rugby and being the heartbeat of the team really are and as, as Eddie explained that it took me back to to the World Cup in Japan when Farrell's form was described by Scott Wisemantle who is now in the Wallabies coaching setup as, as clunky and it became a bit of a, a word for a week I think it was in the week of the Australia game actually the, the, the World Cup quarterfinal and and Eddie said that, that actually that week they'd sat down with Owen and told him to, to stop focusing so much on trying to be the captain of the team and just focus on getting the best out of himself. And having not really been part of this England team for a year, I mean, in the autumn he, was, he missed a game with COVID and they got injured in the second game and then he missed the whole Six Nations. Um, he's coming back into an environment where they just want to get the best out of him. And we've seen that. With Saracens, we've seen how effective he's been since he got got fit again. He's he's playing in a different way almost. He's, it's like and I, I asked him this after the the semi final, Premiership semi final, whether whether all those weeks sitting on the in the coach's box had, had had kind of taught him something different about how he wanted to play. Whether he was seeing things differently because he's playing like he's seeing things differently um, when those opportunities arise. I mean, the, the Premiership final was was a, a kind of a, a tactical battle of wills um, it wasn't really a, that much of an open game but in, in the Harlequins game for example we we saw moments from O'Farrell which we're, we're not used to seeing and I just think Eddie wants him to just be himself um, and again you referred to Eddie's book there are a few passages in there that talk about the work that Owen is having to do to develop what Eddie calls soft skills just the empathy, communication, understa- understanding of, of the team dynamic, which don't come naturally to him. He's a, I'm not saying he's not a great team player because he's, he's an ultimate team man. He'll, he'll put his body on the line for everybody. Um, it's what Eddie Jones calls the soft skills. And when he lists them in his book, you're like, Courtney, just, he has those. He's, he's much more in control of, of his emotions on the field. Uh, Owen plays to, to the edge and that can make it harder for him to to, to have a clarity of thought and, and clarity of communication uh, and I think they just want him to focus on on playing right to the edge Yeah, and we'll probably leave the, the captaincy stuff there but when you pick up your copy of the Times on, on, fri- on Friday morning then we'll have plenty more words about it as well as us chatting about it here Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile With the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The other side of the coin are the Wallabies, and, and they picked a couple of interesting uncapped players as well. David Parecki is one of them who Premiership rugby fans might have recognised his name because he was at Saracens for a small stint and then for about four years at London Irish as a hooker. He's on his debut at 29, starting at hooker. But then the other guy has got quite a Welsh name, actually, hasn't he? Kadrin Neville. Yeah. 33 years old. He's the third oldest Wallaby on debut since World War II. And the oldest for 23 years. And when we chatted to Dave Rennie a few hours ago this morning on Zoom, he was saying he's basically picked him because he's a mauler, a brawler, and he's going to try and disrupt the English forwards, which, to my mind, is a massive compliment to England, who have got Johnny Hill, Maro Otoje and Courtney Laws, which on paper looks like a really strong line-out and more. And so picking this guy who's been in in the system for 10 years but not actually got a cap is really interesting. And actually, I I thought earlier when we were just chatting about him being picked back to the 2019 semi-final of the World Cup where New Zealand kind of out of nowhere spit Scott Barrett a six to combat England's line-out and it totally blew up in their face. Mm. Curry and Underhill took the mickey. Um, England blasted them off the pitch and I think Steve Hansen ended up hooking Barrett up. Half-time, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're right, half-time. So... In terms of a news line from the team, that was that was Nev getting in there. But yeah, what do you think of that team? Well, there was a, I mean, to, to put into context his his journey to to a debut cap. Um, Dave Rennie h- highlighted that Neville was first involved with the Wallabies in the same camp that Michael Hooper was called up into uh, when he was uncapped, and Michael Hooper now has 117 Australia caps, and Neville's about to to make his debut. The big theme of the Wallabies team announcement was the, the influence of the Brumbies and of Dan McFarland who's the Brumbies head coach who's now been who was seconded into the Wallabies has now joined them full time there are 12 Brumbies in this Wallaby squad and the focus is very much on how they played in the in Super Rugby which was set piece and mauling dominated um, and they were sort of unabashed in saying this is what we are and this is how we're going to try and take England on which is so unusual mm. um to, to hear the Wallabies talk about that being the way they want to play. But we're much more used to, I think Checker took it to an extreme by the end, but in that World Cup, they were just committed to running it from everywhere and played into England's hands, and it was, it was very, very naive rugby. Um, they, their focus is, is to taking them on up front and, and, and in the line-out and, and in the mall. One of the points that Eddie made, and about as close as he came to mischief-making today, uh, where he's, he's been quite low-key as well which is sort of unusual for Eddie in, when he's back in Australia was to point out that they'll have this focus of, you know, of, of the forwards trying to keep the ball frankly but with Nick White and then Quade Cooper who wants the ball in his hands um, at 10 and he was sort of suggesting there might be a bit of a disconnect there and, and it might be a, a, an area that England can try and, and exploit I think He's probably suggesting that Quaid might get a bit frustrated if he doesn't get his hands on the ball as much as he would like. 
Um, but it's uh, you know it makes it really interesting. The England have obviously gone with with Courtney at at six and and Johnny Hill and Mara Toji in, in the second row uh, with Ollie Chesham on on the bench. They're not short of good maulers themselves. Um, and the, the set piece will be fascinating. The, the scrum England scrum hasn't been hasn't been brilliant. I wouldn't say. I think they're straight. They're, they're stronger now, even without Carl Sinclair. And the Wallabies are missing two tight heads. Taniella Tupo was the yeah. is the main one, isn't he? I mean, he's been on. Yeah, he's been on the adverts. He's the crashing f- a tea party. He's been the stuff. face of the series over here. Um, and, he's not, and he's out of the first game because he got a calf yeah. injury a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Yeah. So they're they're sort of talking. A, the Wallabies are talking a tight game. Um, and as we were just discussing with with Johnny Hill and, and Ellis Genge, that they're playing it on an Aussie rules pitch, uh, which had the state of origin on it last weekend, and had players slipping and sliding everywhere. Uh, I, I think I think those forwards are putting in their long studs and and hoping the turf holds together. Um, but it's that's how the you know after Thursday in Perth, it's sort of shaping up. Um, certainly in, in the way that the two teams are talking as a as a real kind of battle for the gain line and a battle up front because England obviously we talked about Billy um, but they've got a Joe Cock and a Singer on on one wing and, and Jack Noel on the other which is you know that's two it's one kind of real nuggety combative abrasive wing and one powerhouse who as we all know if he can stay fit and, and build up some momentum into his game could be a real weapon and I know we've been saying it for four years um, but he had a great game I think it was it cap two against the Wallabies in 2018 scored a try um, he, he England will be looking to, to him to, to to kind of come in off off Smith and off Farrell and, and try and bust the game line him against Marika Corabetti is going to be box office I mean, it could be a bit of fun this couldn't it I mean mauling Wallabies against gas England it's, it's all the wrong way around really but it might not actually turn out that way um, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and there'll be loads more elements to it. And I, I'm just excited by by the two teams after a kind of a quiet few days. Now we know what what the two teams are looking like. Um, I think it's I think it's, it's going to be one to tune into on Saturday morning. So just the word that we started off with the, the slightly odd build up to this, and it is it has been really low key, hasn't it? I mean, walking around Perth, not many people. Haven't, I don't think I've seen a one England shirt for a start. No. I mean, it's expensive trip for lots of people and post COVID. Western Australia has only come out of lockdown in March, I think people were saying to us earlier in the week. So it's all been a bit fraught and maybe a bit last minute for people to get over. I think some players' families might be coming now over the next couple of days. But the state of origin was on last weekend. There's not really many banners around town. As you said, the Wallabies have been on the opposite side of the country Mm. on a five-hour flight away, only arriving on Friday. So let's hope it kind of kicks into gear a bit because even Eddie himself is sort of cutting a frustrated figure that he's got no one to sort of spar against because you try with Dave Rennie and he's probably taking quite a pragmatic approach that he doesn't want quotes in the paper he wants his team to win on the weekend and he even said earlier look I think Eddie's like me it's not about us look we'll let the players do the talking and he was probably talking for himself there I think not he for d- Eddie but he, <laughs> he, de- he definitely was I mean, this is an Aussie rule state um Western Australia, uh, yeah, and, and the, I think the state of origin, which which the England team went to last Sunday, and actually took an enormous amount from, um, not just experiencing the stadium that they're they're going to compete in uh, as fans, but um, just the intensity of that game. And I don't know if anyone watched the first two games; it's now one all in the three match series. But the the ferocity that those two teams went at, went at each other was was staggering, really, and the England players loved it. Um, but that wasn't even sold out, and that was 
I think it was 60,000, 65,000 stadiums. So the Australian rugby are trying to make an imprint here. And of course, you know, there'll be the World Cup here. There'll be the Lions here first. I don't think there'll be a test match here. I'd be surprised. But the Lions will play here in a couple of years' time. And then the World Cup in 2027. You know, they, want, they need to grow rugby's imprint here. Um, and I flew on the direct, the non-stop flight from London. Actually, it's, it's, it, was a, it was a really good way of, get, of getting here. And it, it, it feels a long way when you, when you step on. But once you arrive, it's a, it's a great, it's a wonderful place to be. You would just like there to be a little bit more fervour around around the game. Um, I think we're hearing forty five thousand, which is still a decent a decent crowd. Um, it just feels it just feels low key, and I just hope that now we've got the t- the two teams, both of which are, are fascinating and exciting in in their own way. Um, and we just as a further aside, we talk about the veterans. I was here in two thousand and ten when England demolished Australia's scrum. They they earned two penalty tries and Celesi Mafu was simbined, forcing James Slipper to scrum down on both sides in the space of about three minutes. Um, and England still lost the game. And they lost the game because Quade Cooper led them a merry dance. And that, the Aussies won it 27-17. The two, there are three survivors from that day. Quade Cooper started for the Wallabies. Danny Kerr started for, for England. And James Slipper is on the bench again. Uh, having having become um, one of quite a few actually Australian centurions, but he, you know, he's played over over 100 tests for the Wallabies, packing down on both sides. But it's kind of rare that you get a test match that's got three survivors from from the last time that, that this game was played in in the city 12 years earlier. Well, there you go. They're the throwbacks, and now we're going to throw forward and tell you all to read the Times and the Sunday Times over the weekend. We'll probably try and do one of these before the Brisbane Test match as well next week and. There'll be a usual ruck um, early next week as well, which we'll try and chip into. But for now, the sun is setting on Western Australia quite early, really. For us, it's, what, six o'clock-ish. And we need to now start writing stuff up for the newspaper and then celebrate one of our number's 40th birthday, which is later on tonight. He will remain nameless, but he was mentioned on a previous pod, the same person who stayed out till six o'clock in the morning in Edinburgh. So hopefully we don't have a repeat of that because we've got same, quite a lot to do. And the same person who, who's, who's missed a flight home and a train home after staying up too late watching the Super Bowl. So anyway, all we can do is promise his employers that he'll at least be on deck to work tomorrow. <laughs> we'll look after him that much, I promise. But it's, it's getting a bit chilly outside. We're just sitting outside our hotel, so we'll stick some jumpers on. Um, but for now, that has been a, a counter-ruck, we'll call it. Al Dimmock's name for these little special ones. And we'll be back um, in your ears next week and on in your newspapers tomorrow. But for now, stay successful, everyone, and keep on spinning. Keep believing in yourself, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.